With just 30 days to go before the presidential election in January, frequent reports are emerging that China is seeking to influence the election. First, Beijing held a symposium for a China-wide association of China-based Taiwanese business people that encouraged them to go home to Taiwan to vote. These business people are widely believed to support the pro-China KMT. A Japanese media report says a top Chinese communist official, Wang Huning, held a meeting focused on Taiwan to plan an information warfare attack. The PRC's Taiwan Affairs Office has criticized the outlet's claim as unfounded speculation. Taiwan's elections are drawing closer. Early this month, the PRC's Taiwan Affairs Office held a symposium for a China-wide association of China-based Taiwanese business people. It was reported that officials encouraged the business people, who are widely believed to support the KMT, to return to Taiwan to vote. The matter raised questions that China was seeking to influence Taiwan's elections. But the Taiwan Affairs Office put the blame on the Taiwanese government. Currently, any cross-strait exchange activities will be labelled as so-called election interference by the DPP authorities and certain forces. This is extremely abnormal and is a common tactic to win votes through cheating. However, it's not just Taiwan that's saying China is trying to influence the elections. Japanese media outlet Sunkei Shimbun reported on its front page on Wednesday that a top communist official, Wang Huning, had chaired a meeting on Taiwan involving intervention in Taiwan's presidential election. Participating agencies included the CCP's propaganda department, the Ministry of State Security, the Taiwan Affairs Office and the Ministry of National Defence. They divided up information warfare work conducted through the Cyberspace Administration of China and the PLA's Base 311 in Fuzhou. They also arranged to offer discounted plane tickets to China-based Taiwanese business people in a deliberate attempt to influence the election through the grassroots. During a routine press conference, journalists asked the Taiwan Affairs Office whether the reports were true. We don't have any response to unfounded speculation made by some media outlets. China always likes to be an ostrich and bury its head in the soil, as it refuses to see Taiwan's democracy and the existence of the ROC. If the CCP is really so interested in intervening in elections, they can hold their own elections in China themselves, so that people can vote for everyone from the grassroots to the head of state, and they can have fun with it. And while the Taiwan Affairs Office rejected the reports, it deleted the related questions and answers from the transcripts of its broadcast press conference, showing that for them it was a highly sensitive topic. After Taiwan's de facto U.S. Ambassador Xiaobi Kim said she would run as the DPP's vice presidential candidate, she has hit the ground running. She was interviewed by the British magazine The Economist, which declared that Xiaobi Kim is Taiwan's cat warrior. She's been campaigning diligently and on Thursday attended the launch of a book about President Tsai Ing-wen's eight years in power. She said in the early days, Tsai was very reserved on the campaign trail, but currently that's not the case. Former de facto U.S. Ambassador Xiaobi Kim, now DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Qingde's running mate, shared a stage with Zheng Li Jun, who the media had previously speculated might get the post of Lai's deputy. 
But when Zheng spoke, she immediately thanked Xiao. We want to thank her for her willingness to come back and take on greater responsibilities. The two shared a stage for the release of a new book, discussing Taiwan's transformation during President Tsai's eight years in power. I was already in the US and far away from the core here, but occasionally she would pass on a speech to me and ask me to check it and if I had any comments. The version I got would be the 23rd draft, and after I'd looked at it for a few days, she'd send me the 51st draft. Xiao also recalled that nearly 20 years ago, President Tsai helped her stump in an election. At the time, she was the chair of the Mainland Affairs Council. We had an election and wanted to choose an urban professional woman to accompany me in campaigning. I thought this would be a great idea. But as it turned out, she didn't know how to stump at all. She would stand quietly next to my side as I shook hands and gave her introductions. This is our Mainland Affairs Council chair giving you her regards. She was a bit shy at the time and hadn't opened up. Looking at footage of Xiao and Tsai from the time, Tsai looks very raw as she solicits votes. But after a baptism of fire involving several election campaigns, now she is a completely different person. And now Xiao, who was then campaigning to be a legislator, is now preparing to be vice president. The Economist recently interviewed Xiao with the title Xiao Bi Kim is Taiwan's Cat Warrior, with a cartoon of a grey cat cuddling Taiwan. The report describes Xiao's career, describing her as unruffled. It also discussed her cat warrior philosophy. It said Xiao's feline outreach in the US won her many friends and admirers, but was irritating to China. Xiao was quoted as saying, Like cats, we can be warm and cuddly, but don't mess with us. Three years ago, Vice President Lai Qingde ventured to the mountains of Meishan Township in Jiayi County to help with the renovation of a dilapidated old house. Lai and a team of volunteers worked to get the building in order, fixing leaks and renovating the kitchen so that the homeowners could live a normal life. Though the owner of the house has since passed away, his family says they are deeply thankful for Lai's work on their home. With guidance from the contractor, he places the tile carefully. Three years ago, Vice President Lai Tingde and Jiayi County Commissioner Wen Zhangliang came to the mountains of Meishan Township to fully renovate this old house with a group of volunteers. Electricians, plumbers and woodworkers devoted their days off to the cause, and Lai himself discussed the renovation plan with them and the group of volunteers. Now, three years later, the house is no longer dilapidated, and all leaks are gone. Though the owner of the property fell ill and passed away, his younger brother says he's deeply thankful for their work. They revamped the whole building. Now when it rains, we no longer worry that the water is going to leak in the house. We're more at ease. We're thrilled. I'm glad that Vice President Lai fixed up the counters. Before we couldn't even cook. We didn't have any kitchen counters. The owner's brother says Lai's family history allowed him to understand their difficult situation. Lai's father was a minor and he passed away at a young age, leaving Lai's mother to care for all the children on her own. He understood buying a house and building a house is really no easy feat at all. 
The couple burns incense sticks in prayer to wish Lai a successful presidential election and a high number of votes, saying he will be a blessing for the people of Taiwan. As the general election counts down, the democratic process is a business opportunity for some manufacturers. As candidates launch fundraising merchandise and hand out electoral souvenirs, the production lines are rolling. Today, we visit two busy factories producing electoral merch. One is using recycled plastic bottles to produce election sh- shirts. The other is a mask factory that is now making souvenir masks for the election. A candidate's logo is pressed on for 15 seconds and the polo shirt is complete. This is a fundraising item for the campaign of lawmaker Su Chiaohui. Each shirt was made from 22 recycled plastic bottles. Here, the production line is revealed for the first time. Actually, our Taiwanese producers start production from the raw materials at the source. After the textiles are cut, within a very short time, we can actually produce the kind of article of clothing that you see here. At the factory, each circular knitting machine is producing a steady stream of fabric. Nearby, a roll of yarn spits out thread. Each roll is made from recycled plastic bottles and other recycled material. The factory in Shulin is working with a Taiwanese sustainable brand to use the most cutting-edge technology and reduce environmental impact. The factory produces 10,000 pieces of clothing a day. Actually, Taiwan is world-leading in the development of eco-friendly materials. The polo shirts for the election use the most cutting-edge technology in the material. Of course, they're made 100% from recycled bottles. They're very firm, so they stand up tall and straight. As the election draws near, orders have grown. It's a busy season, as there are lots of running events and school memorabilia orders at this time of year. Factories have seen growth of 10% recently. Meanwhile, at a mask factory, they're grabbing a chance to produce election souvenirs with these dark green masks emblazoned with the phrase Team Taiwan. We produce parts for many famous big factories. Apart from medical institutions, we also have contracts with the government. As the election countdown begins, the flood of souvenir items and fundraising schemes is growing, and local companies are making big profits. The U.S. Federal Reserve on Wednesday left interest rates unchanged, and Fed officials signaled that next year may see three rate cuts. Over in Taiwan, the central bank's policy-making committee voted unanimously to also leave interest rates unchanged. According to the latest figures, Taiwan's central bank expects the GDP growth rate to hit 3.12% in 2024, with inflation expected to drop to 1.89%. We are leaving interest rates unchanged. Starting next year, our CPI and the core CPI may both fall. On the front of inflation, we're also looking at the speed of changes in the U.S. You have to always look at international trends to make adjustments correspondingly. If inflation drops below 2% next year, we can consider this cycle of raising interest rates to be at its end. Taiwan Central Bank Governor Yang Jinglong said that Taiwan's monetary policy will remain tight amid a variety of uncertainties, signaling little room for major rate cuts in 2024. The announcements led a rally for Taiwan shares, which closed at their highest level since April 2022. The Taix gained 184 points to close at 17,653. Over in the foreign exchange market, 
the new Taiwan dollar gained 0.196 NT to close at 31.33 NT against the greenback. Europe is looking to improve its ties with Taiwan. The European Parliament on Wednesday unanimously passed two pro-Taiwan resolutions. One of them urges the EU to sign an agreement with Taiwan on supply chain resilience. The other calls on the EU to support Taiwan's participation in international organizations. It also says the EU should collaborate with Taiwan on its work to reform the World Trade Organization. The previous time the European, the European Parliament passed a pro-Taiwan resolution like these was in October 2021, when it adopted a text on EU-Taiwan political relations and cooperation. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs on Thursday expressed its gratitude for the passing of the documents. Taiwan's relations with the EU have grown warmer in recent years peaking with the Taiwan visit of a trade delegation from the European Parliament last December. More than 90% of Taiwan's businesses are small and medium-sized enterprises, meaning the resources they can invest in R&D tend to be limited. To promote innovation, the Ministry of Economic Affairs and the Taiwan Electrical and Electronic Manufacturers Association on Wednesday held a matchmaking event for businesses to find the technology solutions they need. The main focus points were the artificial intelligence of things and chip applications, advanced manufacturing processes and display technologies, and smart vehicles and green energy. More than 40 technologies were showcased at the event in hopes of helping SMEs find just what they need. This robotic arm is equipped with sensors and artificial intelligence technologies to accurately retrieve items from a disorganised box. This tech could be used to help sort items in logistics systems. This clear display on the right shows a nightscape of Taipei 101, but the image in the buildings look quite blurry. That can be solved by harnessing low diffraction and anti-yellowing technologies, as is the case for the clear screen on the left. It shows Taipei 101 in high resolution and colours close to what the human eye would see. In the future, the tech could be implemented in tour buses or at the top of toll buildings to show what's in the vicinity in the city. As many as 98% of Taiwan's businesses are small and medium-sized enterprises with limited resources to invest in R&D. The Ministry of Economic Affairs and the Taiwan Electrical and Electronic Manufacturers Association work together to hold a matchmaking event for technology providers. The main focus points were the artificial intelligence of things and chip applications, advanced manufacturing processes and display technologies and smart vehicles and green energy. All in all, 40 innovative technologies were showcased at the event. We have built up a collection of more than 1,000 tech breakthroughs. Businesses voice their needs and we connect them with the things they need to upgrade their industrial technology capabilities. Legal entities under the Ministry of Economic Affairs and especially ETRI, the Metal Industries Research and Development Centre, the Automotive Research and Testing Centre and the Precision Machinery Research and Development Centre are full of experts. This event allows SMEs to be exposed to new technologies. Following a matchmaking meeting held with Honhai last year, this time the Economics Ministry has teamed up with the Taiwan Electrical and Electronic Manufacturers Association 
The event attracted R&D directors from more than 300 companies. Through their discussions, they aim to find tech solutions to meet the needs of small and medium-sized enterprises while promoting industrial innovation. You might have heard of the queen of Mandelpop, Jolene Tsai, but did you know that the superstar is also a cake maker? Her cakes have won acclaim at international competitions and even impressed Tom Cruise. And now Tsai's sweet creations have arrived in a supermarket. Jolene Tsai bakes cakes with children with rare diseases. The superstar singer has been making fondant cakes for nine years, and she has her own cake brand. This cake in the shape of Marilyn Monroe won a gold medal at the International Fondant Cake Competition in Birmingham in the UK. She also gave a cake to movie star Tom Cruise. Ta-da! Fantastic! That's my gift. It's your... What, how do you call Sarcophagus. that? Sarcophagus. This cake, Eastern Zombie meets Western Mummy, took seven days to complete. It reflects the plot of a supernatural ghost story and astonished Cruz. Tsai's sweet empire continues to grow. Now she's collaborating with a supermarket and has personally supervised the design of four chocolate cakes. My daughter is a fan of Jolin and she said she wanted to get one. It has an aromatic chocolate flavor and the tartness of cherries and blueberries. It's sweet, but not too sweet. This rose-shaped cake is a chocolate millefeuille. A canned cake is a mixture of bitter and sweet. This chiffon cake boasts cherry and blueberry jam and cocoa mousse. The cakes are topped by cute little likenesses of Tsai's dogs, Wuhu and President. The Puppetry Art Center of Taipei is currently holding a special exhibition on contemporary puppet theater. On Thursday, the center held an event with local puppetry troops to discuss innovation in puppet shows. Among the participants was opera conductor Zhen Daosheng, who's fresh from touring Spain with a Taiwanese hand puppet show. Let's hear from him. People came in for the show and all the Spanish people broke out in applause. We performed with rod puppets, which they are very familiar with over there. They were probably touched to see Taiwan doing all these Spanish-style things. You want to break through tradition. If you have this motivation, you'll think about how to enrich yourself and which elements to draw from. In the early days, I didn't know enough about Hakka rural life, so I had to go and ask around. Puppetry is a blend of imagination and tradition. You can transcend your imagination and feel free to make changes. Puppet theater can be traditional and new at the same time. The special exhibition will be held until the end of June next year. So if you're interested in the diversity of puppet art, the Puppetry Art Center of Taipei is the place to go. Well, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Many places across Taiwan are holding fireworks shows. Besides Taipei 101's famous pyrotechnics display, New Taipei City will also ring in the New Year at three locations in Danshui. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the deep highlights. Beautiful fireworks are soon to illuminate the sky, showcasing new Taipei's specialties such as Dan Sui's agate and Zhou Fen's red lanterns, as well as the coming year's zodiac animal, the dragon. 
The new Taipei fireworks show will last for 13 minutes and 14 seconds and fire a total of 20,000 fireworks. The fireworks will be joined by a light show featuring the Danjiang Bridge, allowing the public a first look at the construction project. Performances will be held at Danzui's Fisherman's Wharf, Bali Left Bank Park, and Danzui Customs Wharf before the fireworks at 8:24 p.m., symbolizing the arrival of 2024. This is the third year holding the event. In addition to lasting 13 minutes and 14 seconds, there are several other big breakthroughs. The first is that we hope to add light beams in addition to the fireworks, because the Danjiang Bridge is about to be completed. The second highlight is that next year is the Year of the Dragon. We plan to display an image of a dragon in the fireworks display. It wasn't easy, but we tried our best so that citizens and visitors can enjoy the fireworks and welcome the Year of the Dragon. Aside from the fireworks starting from 3 p.m. on December 31st, there will also be a market at Fisherman's Wharf, Danzui Customs Wharf, and Bali Left Bank Park. Later at 4 p.m., there will be performances. I will perform songs from my new album for the first time this new year. As for the best viewing spots, organizers say the fireworks can be enjoyed on both sides of the Danzui River Eastery. On the Danzui side, they can be viewed from the Danzui MRT station to Fisherman's Wharf, while in Bali, the viewing area spans from the head of the Bali ferry to the pier. Organizers recommend that people take the MRT, bus or other public transportation to Danzui to ring in the new year. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Dai Yalun in New Taipei.